Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, the founder of Style Story, your online go-to where you can shop, learn, and explore the world of Korean skincare, and of course, your guide to what is happening in Korea at the moment and all things K-beauty. So let us jump over and take a look at this week's news headlines. The big one was that Amore Pacific has acquired Tata Harper. So Amore Pacific is one of the largest conglomerates here in Korea, but also in the world. And they are looking to extend their reach further into North America. They are hoping that the acquisition of the brand will help broaden their presence in America and Europe, as well as Asia, and realign their strategies. The company's founder, who is, of course, Tata Harper herself, will continue to lead the brand. And she has released a statement saying that her brand is a clean beauty brand instilled with the core values of healthy beauty, and that she thinks that with the assistance of Amore Pacific's top notch R&D and P&L, that the brand will be able to significantly expand its footprint. So look, I think this is an interesting acquisition. I'm not sure that I saw this kind of thing coming. Uh, it Certainly a lot has been said in the media lately about uh, the fact that a lot of Korean beauty brands, and Amore Pacific being one of the biggest would be one of them, are really looking to move away from China and expand into alternative markets just because of all of the issues that have been happening in China over the last couple of years and how that has affected their bottom line. So in that sense, not a strange move to see that they are investing in a company that has its primary presence outside of Asia. Uh, but Tata Harper, an interesting one from my perspective. So look, we'll have to wait and see what happens with this. Uh, But it sounds like Amore Pacific is totally on board, really looking to tap into America. So this is definitely one way that they will be able to do that. The other thing that I saw and that has been trending for a while is that glutathione is emerging as a new trend in the inner beauty market. So in Korea, inner beauty, or what we would call in English supplements, they call it like mongnen hwajangpum or edible cosmetics. Uh, And this is all the kind of things that, you know, people ingest in the pursuit of a healthier body, uh, better skin, all of those good things. So we're talking supplements, vitamins, red ginseng, probiotics, uh, and glutathione is the new one. So it first became a really popular ingredient because it was being used for the white jade injections that are very popular if you go and have a treatment done at a clinic in Korea. It is in fact an antioxidant and it's a a compound that combines three amino acids. Uh, And in general, it removes active oxygen, which causes aging and it can inhibit melanin production in the skin as well. So that can have multiple benefits it can improve wrinkles, skin elasticity, and also whitening uh, is what they call it in Korea, but we call brightening. So all of the things that will give you that smoother, more even skin tone. So more and more products are entering the market for inner beauty containing glutathione. 
Uh, and according to the Functional Health Food Association here in Korea, the size of the domestic inner beauty market is expected to exceed 1.9 trillion won by 2025, which is probably about 1.9 billion US dollars. Uh, and what they have said is that as more of this market grows, trend-tailored products such as glutathione are being released. Uh, So, you know, the older ones, you know, the the previous trends include things like hyaluronic acid, collagen, lactobacillus, uh, all of those things, and now glutathione is trending. It's also trending in skincare in a big way. Uh, It is one of the most popular, certainly, products on our website at the moment in terms of an ingredient. We now sell far more glutathione-based products than snail mucin, for example. Uh, Apple B has a fabulous glutathione line, and that is the best seller on our site. But I've noticed that more brands are doing glutathione-based products as well. So obviously, there is a difference between inner beauty, edible beauty, and uh, skincare in terms of, you know, Uh, how the skin, uh, you know, reacts to and absorbs a topical product is very different from how your body absorbs and reacts to it when it is either injected or eaten. Uh, But it's safe to say that this is a really big trend in Korea at the moment. So I know a lot of you have probably already tried it. Maybe you haven't eaten it before. I've certainly never eaten it before, but I really do enjoy using it in my cosmetics. The other really interesting article that I came across was an analysis on the domestic consumption of cosmetics in Korea. So basically how consumers here in Korea are using beauty products. So overall, they concluded that the market here has strengthened its growth about 8% year on year over the past year. Uh, But some of that growth is due to the increase in unit prices of products. So you probably have noticed that if you've been shopping in the last little while, that a lot of the prices of your cosmetics have risen slightly. uh, And that's for a range of different reasons to cover all the issues with supply chains, with the difficulty in obtaining raw materials, obviously all just a bit of a hangover from the pandemic. But what they were saying that in the basic cosmetic category, so Korea kind of divides it um, cosmetics into the basic stuff and then the functional ones. And what they were saying was that the amount spent by your average female consumer here in Korea has also gradually increased. Now it's around about 380,000 won, so roughly 380 US dollars a year. Uh, And they did a really interesting analysis looking at the difference between what people buy based on what drives them to purchase. And they actually asked them, what is the most important thing for you when you are purchasing your cosmetics? And the most important was the material or components of the product. Next was the reasonable price and then the immediate efficacy of the product. So basically, does it work and how quickly? How quickly can I see results? Uh, So today, consumers are considering a lot of different things before they make their final purchase. Uh, And I found this part particularly interesting. So what they were saying was the characteristics of the product itself, very important. So the materials being used, where they're sourced from and the ingredients, but 
also the emotional aspects. So the brand imagery, slogans and things like that. And they notice that depending on what moves a consumer to purchase in the first place, they are more likely to spend a certain amount. So buyers who prioritize immediate efficacy, so people who want the product to work straight away, spend more than $500,000 a year on basic cosmetics, as opposed to people that prioritize reasonable prices, they tend to spend about $300,000 a year. So very interesting. People are willing to spend more if they are really keen to see instant good results from their products. So that's interesting. Whereas the people that price is the overriding consideration and they always shop based on price, obviously spend a lot less. Uh, They also said that at the moment, the proportion of spending on luxury brands is higher than the average. Uh, So a lot of what they were saying was if you're trying to attract people in the luxury end of the market, the strategy would be to try and communicate how immediately effective the products are because people are more likely to spend on them. So I thought that was very interesting research. Obviously, it was only conducted based on domestic consumers here in Korea. Uh, So it would be really interesting to see if that is the same in other countries, you know, whether the things that motivate people to buy are uh, different uh, and how much they spend a year. Uh, It's a really interesting thing to talk about how much people spend on a year because in a year because obviously some people would spend much much more than that like you know some people when they do their skincare shelfies and things like that they've got thousands of dollars sitting on their shelf so it's interesting to hear what people are buying why they're buying and how much they're spending so those were the three things that caught my eye in the headlines this week in the Korean media so I wanted to share them with you uh, and we actually had a follow-up question after the segment last week where we were talking about K-beauty being global beauty and how, you know, so many overseas brands are now manufacturing here. A lot of people were interested to know which brands are manufacturing here. So obviously it's kind of easy to check if you turn the product over. But some of the ones that I came across were Wishful Skincare. So that is influencer Huda Katan's brand. So that is from what I can tell, all made here in Korea. Uh, And that actually made a lot of sense to me when I saw the packaging of it, because I thought, yes, it does actually look very Korean packaging wise as well. So those brand, uh, that brand is made here in Korea. Uh, The It Cosmetics CC cream is also made here in Korea. I'm not sure about their other products, but that one definitely at one stage or another has been made here. Presumably it still is. I don't have one of their products myself, uh, but that was made in Korea. Uh, obviously, Glow Recipe is a famous brand that most people do know is made here in Korea. I did see a report from the company uh, discussing, you know, their financial position and all of the sort of things that they're wanting to do with the company. And I noted, or well, perhaps it was an environmental sustainability report, 
Either way, I did see some documents that suggested that they were considering moving their manufacturers to more local manufacturers. So that will be interesting to see if they stop um, manufacturing in Korea now that they are, you know, obviously they've been valued at something between 300 and 500 million or that's what they're hoping to sell the company for. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep manufacturing here or if they move it. Some of the bigger conglomerates that, uh, you know, manufacture some of their products here include L'Oreal and Johnson and Johnson. And another one that my Aussie followers might be familiar with is Asology. So they do a range of modeling masks and sheet masks and things like that. Quite expensive too. And all of those are made here in Korea. Uh, so there's a lot of brands selling at a lot of different price points, as you will see from that, that are actually manufactured right here. Uh, so, and none of those, except maybe Glow Recipe, they lean into being capable beauty inspired but the rest of them to my knowledge don't seem to you know come out and tell people that they're manufactured here or make any big deal of it they're not trying to be k-beauty or anything they just quietly you know manufacture their products and then proceed to sell them in line with their brand strategy so i thought that was a bit interesting you'll have to let me know if you guys have come across any other interesting ones because this this really really i love this stuff this is this is my jam <laughs> all right now over to the style story website we have some new k beauty products some new releases for you now the first one is jumi so's all day vitamin brightening and balancing facial serum. So if you're not familiar with the brand Jumiso, uh, I actually met them at K Beauty Expo years ago. So the brand means to give a smile. Juda is the verb in Korean for to give and Miso is smile. So give a smile. That's their brand concept. Uh, and these serums that they've put out, they have t- uh, two that we have on the Style Story website at the moment that are just nice little serums to add into your routine to soothe the skin. This one is for brightening. Uh, And what it includes is uh, vitamin tree extract, 86.14%. So quite a lot there. They've got a little bit of Centella Asiatica, Chamomila as well. Uh, They have sea buckthorn, which you guys know I love, and niacinamide as well. Uh, And the other product that we have up is their Yes, I'm Toner. AHA 5%. Uh, And I actually tried this product uh, many years ago and was very pleasantly surprised uh, at how gentle it was considering it is at 5% AHA. Certainly not the kind of thing that I myself could use every day at all because you guys will know how reactive, sensitive and fussy my skin is. But I was expecting to be in a much worse state than I was with using this just because, you know, 5%, it's not nothing. Uh, So This is going to be a really good one for people looking for oil control, to induce exfoliation, improve your pores, promote dead skin cell removal, all of those good things. They've added in some nice nourishing ingredients as well, like glycerin. They've also got panthenol in there and they also have lactobacillus as well. Uh, So that's a nice little one to try if you are interested. You guys know I always tell you that if you are introducing a product like this into your routine, uh, my, my recommendation would be to conduct a patch test for sure before you put it all over your face, just in case it is 
a little bit too strong for you. Uh, and then don't forget your sunscreen either, particularly on the days that you're using it. Uh, lots of good results that you can expect with AHAs, but tread lightly, cautiously is better. Uh, anything you can do to protect your skin barrier before you damage it, I'm all about that. So Go and check out Jumisa. We have a few other products, new products, uh, for, new to us anyway. And I believe a lot of these have just been uh, reformulated. So if you've tried them in the past before, uh, you may not have tried the current version. So go and check them out. They are up on the, the Star Story website at the moment. Uh, we have also had a few new Korean beauty product reviews come through. The first one was for April B's Booster Clinic Hair Essence, and our reviewer gave it five stars, and she said, I'm on to my third bottle. This product is the biggest lifesaver for my hair. I cannot go without it. It's so hydrating, keeps my hair looking healthy and shiny. Highly recommend. Uh, and we also had a five-star review for Subi's Hollow Dream Mask, and our reviewer said, I started with a sample of the Hollow Dream Mask. It works so well on my face. My skin glows and is so soft and clean, all pores gone. From there, I started to get all the products from the Subi family. Very, very happy with them all. We'll definitely come back to get more. So thank you very much to all of our reviewers who left their reviews on our website. Really, really appreciate it. And... We have also had uh, some new podcast reviews. So our reviewer, Tahi Rua, said she knows everything about K-beauty. I absolutely love this podcast. If you want to learn about Korean beauty, then this is the podcast for you. Learning from this queen has dramatically fixed my skin barrier. I'm in shock and awe. Can't recommend enough. Thank you very much. I really, really appreciate that. And I'm so glad to hear that you have picked up some tips that are helping as well, because that is the goal of learning about skincare is that we can care for our skin, hopefully a little bit better. Uh, that's not to say that we're always going to have perfect skin. I mean, gosh, even me, I think I've probably had some of the most problematic skin of my life throughout the pandemic, just because I've you know, suffered constantly with damage uh, and irritation and things like that from the mask. Uh, but all I keep thinking to myself is, you know what, it's causing me all these problems, but imagine how much worse it would be if I didn't know what I know about skincare. I think it would be just literally... I would be in agony probably. So look, we don't have perfect skin days every day. That is just a fact of life for most of us mere mortals. But knowing how to care for your skin, I think, is a lifelong skill. And I think given that it is our biggest organ, it's always handy to have a few tricks up your sleeve because you just never know when you're going to need them, unfortunately, as I have found out uh, in the last couple of years. I am keeping my fingers crossed for the day that we can take our masks off here, honestly. It's just dragging on and on and on. We still have to wear them every time we go inside, and I'm just... I'm, I'm personally a little bit over it at this point just because of how irritated my skin is getting and there's just no helping it. You know, the constantly having to wear it when exercising, when sweating, when all of these things, it's just, oh gosh. Anyway, I digress. 
For my recommendation of the week, in case you missed it, in case you didn't know, over the weekend it was the Chuseok holiday here in Korea. So it's a really, really lovely time of the year, a special time of the year, because we celebrate uh, the Thanksgiving, the harvest, the full moon. It is a lunar festival. Uh, And one of the favorite things to do is actually, so obviously every holiday, no matter what country you're in, there's traditional foods that you tend to eat at that time of the year. Uh, And Korea is no different. Uh, At this time of the year, there's a couple of dishes that are popular to eat, things like galbi jim, which is one of my favorite, japte, which I know a lot of people probably will have tried, Uh, john, which is like pancakes. Uh, And one of my personal favorites is songpyeon. So songpyeon is a half moon shaped rice cake and people make them from scratch basically. Uh, And, you know, they make them with different natural food colorings and stuff them with lots of different stuffings. So sweetened sesame seed is a popular one. Uh, And they're just a really fun way to get into the holiday spirit. You can find some recipes for them online. If you live anywhere near a Korea town or uh, a Korean restaurant, maybe they might have them at this time of year. But obviously the significance of them being moon-shaped is to do with the fact that it is a full moon at Chuseok. Uh, so, you know, in other parts of the of Asia, people eat moon cake and things like that. So here it is songpyeon. That is what we eat. Uh, so if you haven't already tried it, go and see if you can get your hands on some or at least look them up. I will include a link uh, in the show notes with how you actually spell it out. You can go and have a look at what they look like. They're just really, really beautiful. Rice cakes in general are a little bit of an acquired taste. Not everyone loves them because they're a little bit chewy, uh, a little bit like they have a a glutinous sort of texture to them. So some, you know, non-Korean people absolutely love them. Others don't, but I think they're definitely worth trying. So that is my recommendation for the week. If you haven't already eaten Songpyeon or seen them, go and take a look because that's what everyone over here is doing at the moment, getting into because it is, well, it has been Thanksgiving. So I'm going to leave it here. I will be back later in the week with some more goodness, some more K-beauty stuff for you to sink your teeth into. And in the meantime, I will see you over on Style Story. 